Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello, dear friends, dear patrons, dear regulars, dear barflies and pint holders. It is I, John Robbins, the landlord of the Moon Underwater, and with me, the lovely Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hello. Hello to you all. How's your ale the scene? Oh, it's beyond redemption. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's guilty. It's guilty of the guilty crime. Guilty charged. Of the crime of satisfying your wants. Mm. Uh, folks, I'm sad to say the Moon Underwater is actually closed this week for refurbishment. Robin, talk the listeners through some of the things we're having done here at the Moon Underwater. It's getting rebeamed. It is getting rebeamed. It's getting re-coppered. Yes, it's having some valve adjustments. Valve adjustment, <laughs> And it's getting rebrassed. It's getting rebrassed, and also what we're trying to do, because the way sometimes the the sort of crepuscular dusk... Crepuscular again. The way that the lilac crepuscular dusk shines in through the window, it's actually too beautiful. Yeah. So we're putting a little filter in some of the higher windows... Just to just to remove some of the beauty, because honestly, it's so breathtaking. It's very hard to discuss, you know, our guests' favourite drinks when you're actually sobbing. Yeah, we don't want our regulars to be in tears. No, and it's also it's still going to be more lilac, more crepuscular, more dusk-filled than any other pub you've ever been to. It's just going to take that extra 5% off. Mm. However, we will never deny you beauty uh, we'd like to thank all of our guests and you two for listening but we thought whilst these refurbishments are happening we couldn't leave you without some pint-based sucker mm. so what you can expect what can listeners expect robin some of the best chats some of the funniest discussions some of the nicest choices and some of the more profound observations. Oh, lovely. Uh, that's what you've got to look forward to. Uh, so we we offer you this, unto which we thank ourselves. 
<laughs> just thank if you win an Oscar, would you thank yourself? Yes, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen uh, of the Academy, uh, I'd just like to thank myself because I was the one who acted in all these films. Uh, it wasn't a team effort. I, I actually felt a lot of other people involved were wasting their own time and mine. Mm. Thanks, me, bye. That's what I would say. And that's why I think I'm probably quite unlikely to get an Oscar <laughs> um, or be nominated. It'd be nice to be invited uh, just to sit in the audience for a bit, go to one of those lovely parties. So anyway, folks, enjoy what we have to offer, our smorgasbord of uh, saloon-based selections. It's oh, very good. Very yeah, I should get an Oscar for that, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's very uh, good. And... There will be another selection next week and then we'll be back bigger and better and bolder and brighter than ever. Tony, you've expressed a preference for wine over beer. But where do you stand on spirits? Are you a spirit drinker? Uh, well, I quite like this vodka. Oh yes. Oh, Smir- Smirnoff <laughs> vodka. This is here. I Lovely. was introduced to this very recently, actually, by my daughter. We went to a Russian uh, restaurant in Soho for my birthday, and she plied me with a lot of these uh, these these drinks. And uh, it didn't. They didn't seem to have much effect on me. But when I came back, I understand that I did quite a good Russian dance at home. So uh, that's. <laughs> so I quite like it. I mean, it, I don't think it can do you much good. Although I read on the internet, it's quite good for you, and I can't believe that. I can't believe it's any good for you. So what were you having? Were you just having it straight on your birthday? Yeah, just straight. Well, no, I'd had some wine before it. That probably helped. But um, I, I had some. Yeah, I had about. Uh, Two straight goes at the Smirnoff, yeah, without, without anything in it. And then uh, my daughter said, why don't I have another one, Dad? So I did and said, <laughs> uh, why don't I have another one? And I did. And so I went on like that, and it was quite, quite nice. So, I've, I've, so I do quite like that. Occasionally I have a little bit of vodka, yeah. That's about it, really. It's quite nice straight from the freezer, isn't it? Then? Yeah, it is. Because it doesn't freeze. So if it, when it's very cold, you can kind of drink it more. Yeah. You can feel it going down there, can't you? And when I, I went to Iceland many years ago, and they have a... Oh, it's a lovely place, isn't it? Just incredible place. They have a sort of a national spirit, which is very, very strong. It's about 60-odd percent. And we bought a bottle just because, you know, it was a bit of a keepsake from the holiday. And I tried it, and it was, as I had imagined, just tasted like petrol. However, when you put it in the freezer... The taste completely changed. It was so much smoother. Yeah, the texture changes, the way it pours. It looks kind of quite syrupy. Viscous and, and syrupy. Mm. Do, you, do you know what reminds me of Iceland? What? Salted peanuts. Really? <laughs> really? And, yeah. And the reason for that is I was staying in a hotel. I was with Keith Chegwin, actually. We were doing some filming for GMTV or, or whatever it was in the morning show. And um, I ordered some salted peanuts, a very small little bag, and a seven quid. Oh my god! Wow, seven pounds for salted peanuts. Yeah. So I always think of Iceland whenever I have salted peanuts. <laughs> I was there during a time. The when... Second World War. You're about to say. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a very, very crucial period for me. No, um, during one of the periods of the year when it does, you know, there's no night. It's just a daylight. It was quite amazing. And we were sort of trying to take photos. You can't. I mean, it just looks like a photo taken in the day. It's a really pointless photo. But <laughs> it's a wonderful place. Isn't yeah, it? a wonderful place. Yeah, I loved it. It's one of those places where you can 
can only buy alcohol in licensed bars or from government licensed off licenses. Uh, so they don't sell alcohol in supermarkets or corner shops. Is that right? Yeah. Sweden as well. So. And alcohol is very expensive there. So what we did on holiday was, you know how in a, an off license, the, sort of the top shelf is the most expensive, right down to sort of the, the Lambrini at the bottom. Yeah. Well, they had these two and a half litre bottles that looked like old scrumpy bottles, those round ones of this just sort of generic wine. And we would buy them and put them in the snow outside the hotel room. And just sort of sup from them of an evening, which was very nice, but it is not a place you could afford to drink regularly. <laughs> or or buy peanuts. Or buy peanuts. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'd like to talk, um, Dave, uh, about our shared joy, which is commercial digital indie broadcasting. Oh. Uh, but in order to fully exploit uh the great chat around how commercial digital <laughs> commercial digital indie radio and pubs combine we need to bring in um a past comrade of yours uh someone whom i've rarely been able to talk about my exploits without him going oh yeah you should have been working on the breakfast show at capital with dare berry oh it's mad <laughs> uh i've heard more about your <laughs> breakfast pub exploits from this man than anyone else so if we could open the door please and he's he's soaking wet he's been standing out there in the rain patiently like a bedraggled cat it's another dave mr dave masterman hello dave hello gentlemen it's lovely to be here lovely establishment as well hello hi dave how you doing I'm good, thank you. And then all of a sudden you're having a nice time and the one that got away breezes in through the pub doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Dave uh, Masterman, uh, you've been granted special access into the moon underwater because you were the boots on the ground in Dave Berry's uh, Boozy Fridays. I want to start by asking Dave Berry, given that you are, let's not beat around the bush, commercial digital radio royalty <laughs> and you have i'm guessing a, a say in which slot that you uh present you got a bit of heft mate you're not getting kind of shunted around from saturday to sunday to sunday afternoon to saturday afternoon to friday <laughs> to one till three to one till two thirty like some chumps <laughs> you're billy you're billy breakfast <laughs> So why and how does a pub lover choose and how are you able to continue to present breakfast shows? Well, firstly, thank you, John. You're a very kind, spirited landlord, and I like that about you. Um, <laughs> well, the, the answer to that is I find, and this doesn't work for everybody, I find pubs at their best in the afternoons. As soon as it's time to hover around another table hoping you'll get a seat, only to put your arms down on the table and realise that someone had spilt a pint. Or worse still, um, one of the bar staff has wiped it down with a bleach, leaving a kind of slightly red patch just near your elbow. That's when I want to get out of the pub. I like the pub where I can walk in, take pretty much a pick of the tables and sit down with a friend like Dave Masterman here, and we can kind of catch up, have some fun, have a few drinks, maybe 
have a courage. I mean, it got to the point, John, where, and I think this is for any young broadcasters hoping to get into breakfast radio. As soon as you hear the theme tune to the one show, go to bed. That's the best <laughs> yeah. thing you could do for yourselves. But, but it, worked, it played well with the pub stuff. But, but our real danger was before children and all that stuff, for Dave and I, was when we did the, we did the afternoon show. That was, a, that was where the real troubles began. <laughs> That's why I call them the troubles. Uh, we were on a station called XFM um, and my, uh, my former producer had moved on and Dave came up from, from uh, came down from Manchester. He was, I think you were, what, 11, 12 at the time? Something along those lines. And uh, you came down and it was a, an instant love story. And, um, and so, so much so that we realised that it would be complicated, as you've established yourself here, John, having two people called Dave. It's one of the most common, you know, um, first names in, in the world. Uh, so we just named him Producer Chris after the guy who just left and he'd taken his job. So Producer Chris and I would, um, we would, we would meet up for a production meeting at the, uh, was it the Picture and Piano, Dave? It was, yeah. Oh, I mean, what is it with you and Picture and Piano? <laughs> in London. <laughs> well, no. John, listen. We, there are better choices, John. You're right. <laughs> of course, there's better choices. But well, a the chili con carne in there was sensational. It was mm. a cracking two p.m. Uh, little pick me up before we went back into Leicester Square to do the XFM Drive Time oh, show. Wow. But you have to remember, in and around Leicester Square, and if you don't, if you're not from London, you might not be aware. But well, you will be. It's the, one of the biggest tourist traps in the whole of the UK. The pubs are quite, and I know you're going to say one of your favourite pubs is very near to Leicester Square, John, but to be really close to one Leicester Square, which is where we had to to go and do the show, one of the closest places that did a cracking two-for-one deal at 2pm was a picture and piano. So I'm not going to... I'm not appearing on this podcast to necessarily talk about the choice of pubs that me and Dave made back in the day. It's more the practice of of what we went through, I think. I want to get to the bottom of the body clock of breakfast radio followed by booze because you're finishing it. You say, Dave, you like a pub in the afternoon. For me, the afternoon in a pub is, say, 3 or 4 p.m. Well, that's six hours after you've finished your show. Okay, John, I like the morning in the pub, okay? You got it out of here. I like the morning in the pub, John. Here we go. God, he's whittled me down to a nub, everybody. I know. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I see I see your point. And, you know, li- life has changed slightly, but but it's more about the work john if i may and it's more about how i i am a i feel i'm a better broadcaster doing breakfast radio and that is my kind of job and the thing that i really love to do so everything else has to move around that and you know and there's no typical day with that i mean when you finish maybe at 10 a.m and if there's nothing else to do in in the day there's you know like chatting to you lovely people that there is today or whatever it may be there is a, a whole wonderland of, of, of opportunity. There's a, there's a two-hour stroll while you do your emails up to, up to Hampstead, to the, to the kind of Hollybush pub, which is one of the great pubs. You know, or you can go down to the South Bank and you can stroll along the river and there's a lovely little pub. Where, and that, that's, that's what I used to like. And I've, I'm very fortunate, and, and this doesn't work for everybody because they obviously don't work just the, the taxing four hours every morning that I do. But I've got friends who work similar hours or have employment that means they're not, they're not working on a random Wednesday. And so you can just put out the text and just say, like, who's around? And you can go and have a nice lunch. You can go to the pub 
and you can have it all wrapped up by the time the one show theme tune comes on, which means you haven't got to watch the one show. And then it's just a really, it's a, it's a, it's a nice existence for me, but it's born out of the, the seed that is, this is kind of what I love to do. And this is what I'm uh, uh, gratefully afforded the opportunity to do. So all the other stuff just has to kind of fit around it. I was listening to Mike Riley on a podcast talking about how they used to go to the BBC. They were, I think they were on 10 till midnight or maybe 9 till 11. Wow. And they used to go to the BBC bar before and sometimes you could hear them getting really pissed throughout the night. Was that just what the 90s was like or was that... <laughs> I'd like to say in our defence this was in 2010. Which <laughs> was say. Uh, so yeah. Let's bring in Dave Masterman here because Dave, um, Dave Berry's painted a wonderful picture of a sort of man about town walking to the South Bank, sending emails, perhaps meeting up with friends a couple of hours. Tell us about tell us about the bottles of wine at 11am, Dave. Well, <laughs> and, and <laughs> Dave does paint a wonderful picture because Dave is a great pubsman. And he would never say this about himself <laughs> because he's too modest. But Dave is one of my favourite pubsmen. And actually, as an as a innocent, wide-eyed northerner, uh, coming to London back in, I think it was 2009 when Dave and I really started to work together. Um, he really did take me under under his wing and we had some fantastic evenings away from the picture and piano. And Dave Masterman, what was it like being a little Manchester mouse in all these London pubs? Was it the first time you'd ever been to London? No, I came to... I came to watch Placebo randomly <laughs> in the early in the early noughties. But no, this was, the first time I lived in London was hugely exciting. And um, before... I'm going, to, I'm going to leave the pub shortly so you guys can crack on. But before I do leave, the, the reason Dave is such a great pubsman and we did have many wonderful times together, both on XFM and then at Absolute Radio as well, the pep talks Dave gives you after a couple of glasses of wine are, well, they're, they're famous for starters. People are aware of these pep talks and you walk away thinking you could go and learn Latin in three days after after being with Dave around about the one bottle of wine in. He'll sit you down, he'll tell you everything that you should be doing with your life, what you're amazing at, what you could be better at and how you can go and get it. And it, they're addictive. That you, you just you go back for more. You, sh- you sure it was just a couple of glasses of wine? Wow. <laughs> so, so, so I know some people who give pep talks like that. <laughs> Well, thank you, uh, Dave Masterman. Um, I, I'll allow you to take uh, a bottle of a bottle of pop of your choice. We've got all the mixers here. You can take one home with you. Uh, Pepsi Max, please, John. You can have a Pepsi Max. <laughs> so it's not a leisure centre vending machine, Dave. <laughs> um, okay, so off off pops Dave Masterman with his Pepsi Max. Bye, Dave. Love you. Bye, See everyone. You soon. Bye. Make sure you call me when you get in. <laughs> <laughs> up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com So we're going to start putting together your dream pub. 
And I want to ask, when when you imagine the perfect pub for David Lloyd, what what are you seeing? What sort of pub is it? Understated, small, got to be small. I'm not I'm not one of these big buzzing pubs, and I can three, think of three straight off, which are, are terrific pubs that I go to. I'm a creature of habit, and I will go wherever we're playing. I will go in the same pub every time. Um, why do I do that? Because I'm comfortable there. You know, I like the clientele. I think that's really important for me. That I don't want to go into a techno disco, head banging, you can't speak. I want to have a conversation. I want to have a, a, a nice drink with good friends and good conversation. And just, I've got one pub which we'll talk about that. It's, I've just come from it, actually, in Nottingham. It's at Trent Bridge. And it's just at the back of the hotel that we stay in. And you walk past it and miss it at a blink. You wouldn't get it. It's a pub called The Dragon, and it's on three stages. And a lady called Ornit runs it. And you go in, and it's all wood floors, and it's in three stages. So you go in through the door, it's stage one. You go up three steps, stage two. Then you go up about six steps to stage three at the back stage three she has it decked out it's sort of semi undercover and semi open the flowers are absolutely fantastic unbelievably fantastic and on that top deck on a tuesday evening it's scale electric night <laughs> that was not where i was expecting this to go over <laughs> no they, they, they have scale electric racing on a tuesday night and as i say we've just had a test match there a couple of weeks ago and I said, is scale exit? She said, no, there's been a bit of a problem. They dismantled the track and couldn't put it back together again. <laughs> so that, you know, it's a work in progress. So the second stage is the bar. And on that second stage is this quite mature chap who plays vinyl. Not loud, but it's just there. And he has a pork pie hat on. And he plays things like The Fall and Prefab Sprout and a bit of Manchester stuff, and a bit of uh, Geruti column, and uh, it, it is absolutely brilliant, and he will not take requests. <laughs> don't, don't, even, don't even think. And so we sit, we always find a table in that bottom deck, and when I say find a table, there's only three tables there. They have Castle Rock Brewery, is one of the main beers, so that's Harvest Pale, and I will meet the owner of Castle Rock in there, a lad called Chris Holmes. And he'll go down the cricket and he'll know exactly where I'll be. He knows where I am. And I'll just have a beer with him. My mates, my commentator mates, will all be in there. They all come in. And then we go and have a curry after. Oh, God, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Me, Marion Way is just a wash with curry houses. You could just, you know, just poke a stick at one and go in. Mem Saab is the classy one. And Laguna is just just off made Merriam way it's been in the same family for 40 years and and they just opened the doors and in we go okay i'm going to i'm going to give you a quick quiz now i'm going to name a, a cricket ground and i want you to tell me the best pub by each one well if john you've got to include you, are you going to include gloucestershire in this um, no like test test cricket grounds oh okay well, i just wondered cuz cuz of our bristol connection that's all oh yeah well <laughs> Right, well, the, the Bristol connection, you'd, you'd have to guide me. We go into a sort of pedestrian area by a river. And it, it, is, it is pedestrian and there are some restaurants and, and some swish bars. Oh, yeah, by the waterfront, yeah. 
that's it. But there's a very, very old pub down there that you can sit outside or go in. It's mega. I don't know what it's called, but we would go in there. Oh, well, actually in the Bristol centre, the ostrich maybe. Or... Right in the Bristol centre, it's by a river. I think you mean the Landiger Trow or the Old Duke. Landiger Trow. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like King Street. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. King Street. Because I was going to Bristol, the county ground in Bristol has got a pub right by it, the Sportsman. Yes. And it's um, also within the pub. There's another pub called the Annex, and the Annex is the really nice one. But there's basically two for the price of one, right by the county ground. So they would do one day internationals there at. Uh, at Neville Road, Bristol, and we wouldn't go in that pub. We just would get nailed by the punters, you know, with, with these bloody silly forms that they keep wanting to take a picture. What I mean, what do you do with it? Where where do they put these? Give us a picture. Give us a selfie. You know, <laughs> yeah. why do you want a picture of me? It's ridiculous. I just don't <laughs> get it. I just passed me by that. I would never ever go up to anybody. And I know, I know one or two quite famous people had said, oh, come on, give us a selfie. No, it's nonsense. Well, also, even if you only have one minute's interaction with the person, if 15 people come and ask you, that's 15 minutes of your, of your evening. That's it. And it, it's changed from, you know, signing your autograph. Autographs now are all that. Nobody has an autograph book. It's give us a selfie. And it's always baffled me. I'm 74 now. Well, what do you do with it? Do you get it mounted and framed and shove it on your bedroom wall, which is a bit doubtful? <laughs> well, it goes on the old social medias, doesn't it? You know, it's a kind of, yeah. I saw Ian Botham's last first-class match at Durham. It was Durham versus Australia. Was he sober? Um, I don't know. I think he scored <laughs> He scored something like 35, 36. And I, was a, I would have been about 11 or 12. And I had my autograph book and I got... All of the Australian team's autographs, but well, the one I didn't get was uh, Ian Botham's. So I was very disheartened. But I, I, I had all of the like I David Boone and um, Alan Border and all of that. It was yeah, yeah. You would do that's in the eighties, of course. Yeah, yeah. Good pub, good pub in Durham, the Victoria. Oh yeah, I love the Victoria. Yeah, we've mentioned that on the previous episodes. A favourite of my dad's. It's brilliant. Yeah, cracking, cracking pub. Well, I don't know whether he's still got it. It was Tim. And his sister, who swore like a trooper behind the bar. <laughs> she was effing and blinding at everybody behind the bar. Yeah, good pub. What about uh, Edgebaston? Edgebaston would be, shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody, the Craven Arms. Ooh. Do you know the Craven Arms? No, tell me about it. Or don't, if you want to keep it a secret. Yeah, maybe you could kind of use some kind of code so you don't give away your, your best secret pubs, you know. Well, the Craven Arms is very close to where we stay. It's right in the centre, but it's just off the beaten track. If you want a real ale extravaganza, it's the Wellington. The Wellington has got the blackboard on with about 30 real ales with a description of each one. The Craven is, is a proper real ale pub. And it's in a very unsalubrious part of Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you come off stage, having sung uh, "Somebody to Love" by Queen and "Stay yes. with Me," Bette Midler. Bette Midler's cover, yeah. You're going to want a couple of bottles or something. Yes. So, what are your two bottle choices? Well, I've got in the fridges. 
one is in the fridge, the other isn't. I'm not a moron. One is in the fridge, Smirnoff Ice. Wowee. <laughs> yeah, which I, I would not have put this in there, but two weeks ago I had Smirnoff Ice for the first time in probably 10 years or more. It's good. Right. <laughs> it's sharp. It's sweet. It's the closest thing to being a little bit sherbety, which is my favourite flavour. So I went, oh, actually, I know now why I used to torpedo these. <laughs> is it a nostalgic reason? Though? I don't think so. No, because when I was tasting it, I went, I would have really given this the thumbs down, despite enjoying them a lot in my 20s. It feels a bit like we started with a nice summer pub with low ceilings, its various heating setups, its stages, its events. It feels like we're now steering a bit towards the plough in the Gatwick flight path. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all choices, there's no such thing as as a wrong choice or a bad choice. Smirnoff ice, I always felt, was a little bit claggy in the back of the throat. Oh, possibly. A bit like squash that was slightly too strong. I think that's probably exactly what it is, just with added vodka. I had a taste of it recently. I went, they should start marketing this to people in their late 30s like me, because it would work, because it's nice. (laughs) I wonder if they've changed. So the last time I had a Smirnoff ice would definitely have been at uni. So we're looking at a heartbreaking 17 years ago. Oh, it's not. 17. I was at uni. I graduated 15 years. So that would make sense, yeah. I wonder if they've changed the recipe since then. Maybe. It had a good sharpness. Were we just young? Or was it trendier than it is now, back then? Do you know what I mean? What, Smirnoff? Yeah, Smirnoff Ice. Or were we just young, so we just drank anything? I think it probably was. I think a Bacardi Breezer was more trendy than it is now because they were new yeah yeah do you remember when they brought out the moscow mule as well the, the smirnoff moscow mule. yeah <laughs> oh yeah they had them in a club that i worked at a club called oh what's the name of that place it was disgusting that had no carpet but lots of a very sticky floor they used to get only the female bar staff to dance on the bar when they'd sound a like a <laughs> men would go around with buckets getting the tips <laughs> It's that kind of place. They did that Moscow Mule. And Blue Wicked. Remember them? I used to drink so much Wicked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Orange Wicked. wicked. Oh, my days. I can taste it now. Yeah, why? Same going down as it is coming back up. The sign of any good drink. So what's accompanying Smirnoff Ice? Something similarly nostalgic or something a little bit different? It's just red wine. I know I should be more specific. You have to be a bit more specific. I know, but like I can't tell the difference between different wines. And also I haven't picked a white one because I've done taste tests and I can't tell the difference between red wine and white wine. What? So, yeah, but I quite <laughs> like to drink a glass of red wine. What do you mean you can't tell the difference between red wine and white wine? Yeah, people have tried this out on me and I'm... Well, you've done a blindfolded test where someone's given you red and white wine and you can't tell the difference. Yeah, I think, like, I'm gradually discovering that I have a very uns... Have you got COVID? (laughs) (laughs) I did have COVID and I lost my sense of taste and smell and it all came back, but eggs taste metallic now. That's the only bit that didn't come back. Anyway, but I can't tell the difference between different wines, but I like holding a glass of red wine and drinking it and just having a chat. I think it's a good look and I think it always tastes fine. So if I'm in a restaurant and I I just go, your cheapest red wine, please. Hurry up, please. It's time. Your pub is almost complete. The one thing it needs, Clint, is a name. 
because we're going to give you this pub to take away with you so that it's always there on the corner of whatever street you need it to be. I've got a name for it. You'll like this. So I mentioned last March, March 2020, when everything got shut down, uh, including, you know, a big part of my career. I mean, fortunately, I kept the radio gig. That kept going, but the, the DJ work all went. So I found myself at home, like a lot of people, working from my house, doing online work, you know, DJ sets online and stuff like that. And me and my wife set up, we've got like a, a, a second lounge. We've got two lounges and one of them we call it the White Room. It's where we listen to music and that. And we turned it into our little bar. Like a lot of people, we built our own bar at home. Oh, yes. So put two, there's a piano in there, put two bar stools in it and uh, blah, blah, blah. A little selection, selection of drinks. So anyway, so what I did was at the same time, one of the big things I was doing to make money to replace the DJ work was I started selling me, um, me cow pictures online. Uh, but yeah, online through Etsy. I do cow art. Have you ever seen me cow pictures? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen your cow pictures. Right, just, just stay there a minute. Don't go away. <laughs> Don't go away. <laughs> I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Yeah, I won't be a minute. Hang on. This isn't part of the act. This is real. Right, so... So what I did... I started selling... I've always, I've always done these for charity over the years. I've always done these cow pictures for charity. And they go for a lot of money. And I've always said, if I ever get stuck for money, I'm going to start selling them for the family. So this is the kind of thing. Yeah, that's um... Oh, nice, yeah. <coughs> cool yeah. as fuck. <laughs> it's a cow smoking cow smoking a doobie saying cool as fuck, just for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I've been selling them for like 100 quid personalised. You know, some people say, can you do it for me, Dad? Or can you write my name on it? Can you have, can I have a blue shirt on it? Or can you do it in, uh, you know, Cardiff Football Club colours or whatever? So I started doing that. So anyway, what we did, when it came to naming the, the pub, the bar, I came up with this. It's a big one, this one. I'm going to have to move back a little bit. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. You've actually made your own pub sign. Oh, my God. It's a cow smoking a doobie. And it's called Ye Old Cow's Head. Stunning. And it's the trademark cow, established March 2020. <laughs> and the cow seems to be wearing a kind of Elizabethan ruff, I suppose, like a kind of... Because, it, because it's Ye Olde Cow's Head. That's brilliant. You're the first person to have hand-painted their own pub sign. Do you want to know a fun bit of trivia about the word ye? Go on. Well, ye is not a, is a word that was invented by printers in the 15th century because the old English word for the was spelt with a letter called a thorn, um, which is like a sort of a P, but with the P halfway down the stem. So anyway, they would write the thorn E. That happens to me a lot, that P halfway down my stem. <laughs> <laughs> Usually on a big night when I've been DJing or I'm in, and we've gone. So, so the thorn, right, okay. When they, when they invented the printing press, they didn't have a letter to represent thorn. And the closest they could get was the Y. So they wrote ye, but it was pronounced the so we shouldn't actually technically pronounce it ye. It should be pronounced the. Fun fact. That's a really interesting... I like that. See, I've learned something today there from there. In fact, I've learned a few things. I've learned about the Boer constrict. I've written that down here. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to use that on my wife, Charlie. When I get up in a minute, I'll say, hey, what animal do you reckon has got the same name in real life as its actual scientific or Latin name? Go on. Not, ne not necessarily a pet. Oh, you can you can tell her that fact while you're sat in uh, ye old cow's head having a lovely red striped or tequila. 
Uh, I'll be out red wine after this. I think she's been down to Zaf's. While I've been talking to you, I think she's been to Zaf's and got some yellowtail. I love your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your life sounds idyllic. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy my life. I'm not a rich man or anything like that. But I've, I've, I wouldn't trade what I've had. I think my, my journey's been great, and I think I've achieved everything I wanted. When I was, you know, that that wide-eyed kid that used to listen to music back in the seventies and saw the Sex Pistols. It's like. I've achieved more than I thought I would. So, yeah, I've done all right, really. I'm happy. And and this is, obviously, this is the highlight of my career being on here with you. <laughs> this is the pinnacle. It's all downhill from here. But what a lovely note uh, to end our time with you in the moon underwater on. What a wonderful guest you've been. And we bequeath you, uh, well, we give you, ye old cow's head to take with you. So you've now got two ye old cow's heads. One of them a pub of the mind, one of them a pub of the lounge. And we thank you for your time, Clint Boone, and wish you well as you venture back upstairs into the other realm. It sounds like you're dis- describing my death. In fact, you can use that. <laughs> as and when I do pass away, you can use that if you want on your uh, eulogy. Yeah? Okay. He's not dead. He's just <laughs> passing passing upstairs into the other realm. I went to a funeral a couple of years ago with the, the, the vicar, priest, whatever it was, described death as actually just going off to the next room. That's nice. So that's where I'm going. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 